Welcome to the Synergy Thrive Podcast. I'm Kelly Cole, founder of Energy of Thrive Tribe and creator of Synergy Thrive Academy. This is a podcast for ambitious moms who are tired of feeling like a lack of energy and constant stress is preventing them from fulfilling their highest purpose. What if all the pieces you need to make that happen reside within you? Connecting the spirit, your brain, your body, your gut, and your mind creates a balance and synergy to thrive. Here is to thriving women. May we know them, may we be them, may we raise them. This is the Synergy Thrive Podcast. Hello, my gorgeous thriving souls. Welcome back to part two of our Simplifying Spirituality series. And if you have not listened to part one on the Synergy Thrive Podcast, please, please go back and listen to part one. It will be um, a little bit of a primer for going into what we're going to talk about today. And essentially what we talked about as far as simplifying something like spirituality, we, do, we touched on some things in episode the mm, episode nine, which would be part one, and talking about love and gratitude and having presence and me also touching on some things about how I feel about spirituality and how sometimes if we just separated the religious aspects of so many of the different religions that we have and simply looked at the core messages of so many of those religions and just pointing out that a lot of times they're really the same. And in many ways, to me, again, this will challenge people's belief systems. I am completely aware of that. Um, But to me, it is as if throughout history, throughout the beginning of time, that there has always been multiple, multiple attempts to bring this message to us. For those of us who weren't able to open ourselves up or innately have that ability to see and have that connection on our own, there needed to be a teacher and a facilitator and a person who was showing you the way. And it was as if that message had been brought to so many different people over the course of time. And that the central message being of love and peace and presence and having gratitude and that essentially everyone gets way too caught up in the details to understand that so much of it is the same. So that is um, the Cliff's Notes version, if you will. But today we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of how you can go into these deeper places and what it was for me. And there was this very specific thing that I did that I just, I really enjoyed. I feel like anybody can do um, these things, but it wasn't just about the spiritual aspect of it. It was also bringing this self-awareness to myself. Um, So I'm a person who I love doing personality tests or um, I will do if you've ever heard of human design, like I'll do human design tests and I'll see like, what's my human design. And, um, I'm a manifesting generator, by the way, if you know about that. 
and, um, or astrology or whatever it is. I just, I love those things. I love having those pieces that you're trying to put together and match them to you and hold up that reflection and say, is that me or is that not? And I like that. So the one that I found, um, the one other personality test that I did that really ended up leading into this back into this circular spiritual connection, which I will describe to you in a second was the Enneagram. I don't know if you've heard of the Enneagram, but it's, it's a personality test and it's, you know, you could looking at personality tests, it's like the Myers-Briggs and things like that. But the Enneagram is another one. And I hadn't really heard of it. Um, I went and I did it and I had like a very strong answer that was for myself. And when I was looking into some of the descriptions, it was just all of this very deep kind of introspective portion. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. And it was very true for me. So I am, um, an Enneagram number eight and for what it's worth, that really just means that I can be very opinionated and strong-minded and sometimes like will be pushy or like bowl you over. And it's so interesting because what I found in a deeper study on this was more um, that you can have these different sides of yourself. And also that when I looked at it through the lens of spirituality, I was reading a book and the book was called The Sacred Enneagram. I think the subtext to that is finding your unique path to spiritual growth. And why I loved um, this book was because it turned it all around. Now, side note, the other book that I had read was from Richard Rohr, who is a priest and who wrote a book that I felt cracked open everything um, that I had kind of previously understood about religion and spirituality and just cracked it open and let it all fall like sand and then like put it back together in a way that just made me feel more whole. And I needed that book. I, I, that book made me cry. It just, it broke down so many things for me. And it's clearly as he's a priest written through a lens of, of, um, Christianity, but in a way that is very deeply, very deeply um, entrenched within a spiritual view, not just a religious view. And so I really loved that. But that the book from him that I originally read was called, um, oh, geez, it was, it was called The Immortal Diamond. Sorry, lost that for a second. So The Immortal Diamond, Richard Rohr. And then when I picked this book, I was reading through the sacred Enneagram and I realized that the person who wrote this book had been a, um, a mentee of Richard War, And it just gave me chills. I was like, oh my gosh, like it was a similar connection. It kind of went full circle for me. It was so interesting. So this concept of having this, you know, personality and they, um, and they, they make it a multidimensional thing. It's not as, as, um, flat and two-dimensional as some of the other ones can be. And so I loved that about it. And it was really speaking to the fact that you have places within your personality where 
you can be a couple different ways depending, you know, what situation you're in and what mood you're in. And you can, if you're stressed or you're not stressed, and it also speaks to how you behave when you are being your most evolved self. And like, what does that look like for you when you really are tapping in? And this is kind of how I see it tapping into the very best version of you. And like when you're using all of your spiritual gifts, all of the things that you are like put here to do, leaning into your purpose, having that evolution, this is your most evolved self. And then this is kind of like your standard stuff. Like you can think of it like your baseline, you know, like where you used to be or where you are or where, um, you know, you started. And then, there is a less evolved self and this is maybe the place you are when things are not going well, when you are very stressed, when you are not dealing with it, like you wish you maybe could um, do better and you know that piece of yourself like isn't the best version of you, but you, you do it and it's your, it's like your, maybe your default from when you were a child or something of that nature. So this is um, this multi-dimensional view. It speaks to all of this evolution, and I love it. So this is one of this is one of the quotes from the book, which I really loved. Um, basically saying, uh, "We think that we can run from the shadow. We're sorely mistaken. It's always with us. Facing the whole of ourselves rescinds the permission we give to the fragments to lay claim." to the whole of our identity. Let me say that again. If we think we can run from the shadow, we're sorely mistaken. The shadow is always with us is basically what it says. Facing the whole of ourselves rescinds the permission we give to the fragments to lay claim to the whole of our identity. And so it's basically saying this versions of ourselves, they are always with us always, always, but they are not all of us. It doesn't mean that's who you are just because you did have that reaction, just because you are that way when you get very stressed and that's something to work on. It's something that you know you could do better with. It doesn't mean that's who you are. And so facing the whole of ourselves is understanding all of the pieces of you. And, um, I love that. And so, and then it goes into depending upon which version you are, what number Enneagram you are, it actually gives you then one of the three different ways that for your personality would be the best way for you to start to have that openness and deepening the connection into your most spiritual self. And so one of the things that it talks about is um, abandoning yourself to source and to the universe and to God. And, um, you know, having people will say that, um, I kind of think of it as how I described it back in part one, which was really, I know that when I am tapping into that best version, into that highly spiritual place that I am having an inner knowing that is coming through me. And to me, that is what that means. That is the universe. That is source. That is coming through. It's like a super highway, but sometimes it's like tapped out and sometimes it's fuzzy and it's like an antenna that only gets signal sometimes. And it's like, like it doesn't always 
come through. And sometimes when I want it to come through, it's a lot of hard work and I have to get into a deeper place and a more open place to allow it to happen. And a lot of the time that comes through focusing on love and gratitude, but also holding on to one of the three S's that we talked about in part one. And it's kind of how you access this connection. It's how you deepen it and you unlock it. And having that knowledge, when you have that, when you know what works and you know you can keep deepening it and you can do it again, it is very empowering and it makes you feel supported in a way that you've never felt supported before. It makes you feel a sense of safety and a sense of home and a sense of this, just knowing that your, your purpose is coming to you and it's insane. But when you go through this book, it actually gives um, you one of your three S's. And so the three S's were stillness, silence, or solitude. And it bases it with all of this explanation that's very complex and it goes into in and out of like all the things that you want to look at about yourself and that you don't want to look at about yourself and why this is good and why it works for you. But mine was still, mine is stillness. And so um, it actually came with a scripture. So Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know. Um, to me that, that really resonated. I was like, I only know when I am still, <laughs> as a matter of fact, why, how did that book know that? Like it was insane. And so I have held on to that. That has been a source of great comfort. And I know that for others, it can do the same by something as simple of just having this place where you're not afraid to crack it open and have a little bit of self-awareness and that you're not afraid to start looking at things that maybe you didn't want to look at before. Um, and just always with the mindset of knowing that, yes, you will have the things that you don't want to look at and that you don't want to see, but they're always going to be balanced by your neutral self and by your more evolved self. You're going to have that other piece that you can say, but look at when I'm good. Like, look at that. It's freaking amazing. And everybody, everybody has that piece. And so, um, one of the things that was for my Enneagram also was very interesting in the way that they phrased it. So the way that it was phrased was, if you are an eight, eights refuse to open their hearts and reject the possibility of needing anyone else. Woo. I read that and I was like, stop looking into my soul for the love. Um, and it also says that these personality types will also resist facing their pain and would rather fight for those in poverty poverty or those who are suffering than press into their own pain and that it's the proximity to the vulnerability and pain is one of the ways they are confronted by their inability to be vulnerable themselves not allowing themselves to want or ask or need for anything or anyone and this is this is true. Um, and it comes in many forms. I mean, you can look at it from a standpoint of rejecting your parents, um, how they're, you know, and, or viewing what they're trying to do as nurture you, but you're like, stop trying to control me. You can look at it as, um, 
having that same context within other relationships like friendships or, or, um, a partnership, like a, a husband and wife. And I mean, it's the whole thing. Um, and you can look at it through a spiritual lens as well. People will say the phrase, you have to break to self quote, talking about how to deepen their relationship with God. But I think that it's all in the same, like, that's one way to say it. I think that this is a different way to say it is that you're rejecting the need for anyone else. Like you don't want to need anyone else, but the truth is that many of us don't want to feel like you're vulnerable in that way and having the ability to acknowledge it and be open to it and just have that surrender, the moment of surrender when you say, okay, okay, I, I, I give this to, I can't do, I can't control anything else. I can't do anything else. I think the very first time that I had to completely resign myself to this was in my fertility journey. It was a very emotionally distressing and taxing amount of years. And, um, this was the place that was the first time that I realized that I just had to let go and give it to God. And I never had a time before that. That was that dire. That was that intense. That was that deep of a need. I wasn't able to ever do that before. And I don't think that I was ever put in the position. And so you're put into these situations and I think that they will keep coming until you learn the lesson that you're meant to learn until you continue to grow in the way that you're meant to grow. You will keep having it. It will keep coming. And the patterns that you hold around those things will keep creating the situation over and over and over until you decide that you're going to do it differently. Sometimes you just have to let go and surrender into that relationship and people will call it breaking to self and Eckhart Tolle would call it the ego body. That is, you know, your, you have to tell your mind, like, stop trying to keep me safe. Hey brain, like stop telling me, like, don't let go. Don't you have to control everything? Like that's not true. You literally have to look at your own actions sometimes and say, damn, I need to stop. Like I have to stop or I'm going to do the same thing over and over again. And what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. This was the exact situation and having this openness and talking about it in this way, in this book, leading it into and weaving it through the lens of self-discovery and understanding yourself better and having these aha moments when you're like, oh my gosh, I, it, that is me. Like I do those things. And then looking at the possibility, right. Of being able to say, but I could do better. And it, look at, look at what it says. If you've never felt like you were in a more highly evolved place, you could simply look at what it says for if you are the most highly evolved version of yourself, you are the best and most positive qualities of this number. You're a helper. You're a free flowing love like that. Yeah. I want to be that. 
Like, I don't want to be like this hard ass, like person who's always like a bull in a China shop. But like, if I look back and I think about, I mean, I have friends that I've known since I was 10. So it's interesting, like their perception of me of, and I'm always me. Right. But like, they will sometimes just be like, uh, that's a job for Kelly. Like what? It involves brutal honesty. It involves, um, you know, being like maybe painfully honest and like just busting your way through with like a steel set of balls. Mm, Sounds like a job for Kelly. Like, and that is, that is who I am. That is who I was more, but I have had a lot of evolution, especially within the past, like five to 10 years of my life that has led me into a lot more patience, a lot more like choosing what I'm going to say instead of just letting it free flow out and more empathy for trying to understand where people are coming from and holding two sides of an opposite, like an opposing thought or like if we're in the middle of a argument or, you know, there's an argument happening that I'm like mediating, whatever the case may be, like I am not that person that I was when I was always that way, like back in the day. I mean, whew, that girl was rough sometimes. Like I was rough on other people. I was rough on myself. So having all of that and just having like this evolution and this thought that there could be an evolution and having it laid out in front of you, it is, it's freeing, it's empowering. Um, it's awesome. So I want to simplify this simply by saying that there are still only a few central core things and that that is all that this universe and this God and this source that we have want us to absorb and to know and it's love and it's presence and it's having the ability to foster that connection so that you hear it, that you hear the knowing that you like used to know maybe when you were super tiny so that you wake to it. This is really the place that that is guiding you to. And there are so many ways that people find it, but this was a way that I found fun and interesting. And I just feel like it's, it's like a little guide. So looking up, um, you should, you, there's, if you Google Enneagram, you can see there's, um, a super simple, like a, a test that you can do on the website. And then if you read through this book, it's literally called the sacred Enneagram, finding your unique path to spiritual growth. And I will link that up for you. Um, but this is really like a deeper study. And if you're looking for that and you're just, you want that too, you want that super highway that you feel has this unlocking, um, of access to this connection and that you are looking to have those answers and have that peace within yourself and have that higher self involvement all towards going into your purpose, all towards being the best version of yourself, all towards having that love and letting it spill over into your life and your kids and all of those, um, critical pieces that are going to hold all of that together, that highest place for you. Um, that's your homework. Okay, guys. So you can do your test and you can read this book and, um, I couldn't recommend it enough. So I hope that you 
walk away from that finding one of the three S's for you, either solitude or silence or stillness and knowing that, um, it, you know, there's something for everyone. And if that doesn't do it for you, something else will. And um, finding that for yourself is really the biggest thing so that you can hear the message that we have been trying to uh, hear throughout all of history. And what I also will leave you with today is I hope that you will find beauty in even the very smallest things. And I love you guys so much. And I will catch you in the next episode. Hey guys, it's me and I wanted to drop in for you, especially my listeners of the Synergy Thrive podcast, because we are starting something new and it's so important for me to share this with you because we want you guys to be some of the very first people to experience this. If you're listening to the Synergy Thrive podcast, then you're clearly starting to take those baby steps and starting to think about your own synergy. And if that's true for you, then I have a very special offer. We are starting a monthly membership. It's called the Synergy Collective. So if you're struggling with feeling that disconnection from yourself, you know you're ready to start letting go of stress, letting in joy, having that impact your life and the people around you, and especially our children and those around us, especially these relationships that are so important to us, then this is the place for you. In the Synergy Collective, we are going to have a live monthly meeting. We're going to have breathwork sessions and meditation sessions, and we're going to have at your fingertips information that you can access anytime along with our own community. And we really can't wait for everyone to start jumping in and joining us so that we can support you in your own synergy journey. If you're ready to check this out, you can go to signup.synergythrive.org forward slash members and check out all of the information we have for you there so that you can see what you would like and which choices you think you want to join with. And again, that is signup.synergythrive.org forward slash members. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us on the Synergy Thrive Podcast. I hope this episode helped you take one more step towards your synergy and brought you one level higher to fulfilling your highest purpose. Please rate and review this podcast. Each review helps other ambitious moms just like you. Don't forget to take a screenshot of your review and tag me on Instagram at Synergy Thrive. I will see you in the next episode.